Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Matt, what are we all about here on Finest Work Songs? It's a chance to talk music, talk about what we consider, or usually both of us consider, sometimes just one of us considers really, really good classic music. That's right. We had a few remote calls, but now we are back in the same room, social distancing with our, our friend Stu. Stu. Yep, Six Foot Stu. Six Foot Stu. Which is a really weird like nickname. Because, I mean, there are a lot of people who are six feet tall. It's not like it's It's not normal at all. (laughs) Hey, five foot nine Gary. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if your name's Gary, you are five foot nine. If your parents name you that, you're doomed to be five foot nine. Yeah. I mean, we need to thank Stu for agreeing to this again to like just lay right between us. So, Matt, we have a couple of quote unquote sponsors. Yep. (laughs) These are people that we love to talk about. Oh, yeah. And so we're hoping that they'll look past the comments that we make and still sponsor us. Yes, give us lots of money. Or in this case, lots of cheese. Yep. Melting Pot, we call it a sponsor. It's really just an anomaly to us. We don't know how it exists. Mm -hmm. We brought it up first because we thought once they go through all the phases of reopening, Melting Pot is the very last thing to reopen. It should be like phase 15. At least. But yet... One of our finest work fans received something. What was it? Was it in his mailbox. A marketing advertisement for Melting Pot. During these times, yep. communal dipping. Mm. Were there any deals with it? There was a deal. It's um, dip into four courses for thirty nine ninety five per person. <laughs> per person? Per person. <laughs> Gross. Also, four courses? We got <laughs> white cheese. Oh, they better not count it. A bowl of cheese as a course. Bread and cheese. And it's like meat and cheese. Beef and cheese. A cheese stick dipped in cheese. <laughs> and then strawberries and chocolate. The audacity of Melting Pot. There's riots going on in our city. Yep. And they're like, come on in. Drop 40 bucks each. Let's dip some stuff. Yeah. Troy, have a great time with your wife and yes. kids. At- this weekend. <laughs> so Matt, what is the album that we are reviewing here on Finest Work Songs? We are actually going to be talking about Metallica and Justice for All. This podcast is where we talk about great albums, sometimes with an asterisk. One of us is trying to convince the other. Mm -hmm. What would you say the case is today? Well, I'm guessing, (laughs) just based on your body language, it's one of the cases of me trying to convince you of this album's greatness. We'll see how you do. All right. Is this an important album to you? Yeah, this was an album that was super important, super huge to me for a long, long time. And so it's been fun to pay it a little visit and reminisce on it. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about Injustice for All. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's jump in. As always, we start with our memories of an album. So Matt, what's your memory of Injustice for All or Metallica? So this album came out when I was in eighth grade. Dunn Middle School in Dunn, North Carolina. What's the mascot? Uh, We're the Green Waves. What? Yeah, the Green Waves. Is that like some pandemic swept through (laughs) Dunn in the 40s and like killed everybody? I I think it's a a reference to, which doesn't make it any more pleasant, but it's a reference to some of the nearby rivers that were just kind of have this murky 
tint to them. Gross. Yeah, you know, I, I think I could be wrong. I mean, you know, Tulane University is the green wave, singular. We were green waves, plural. So suck at Tulane. The green so waves. we were the green wave. So me and my green wave homies were all of my close group of friends were just like blown away by this album. I distinctly remember talking about this album at recess, at lunch. I remember watching the video to one repeatedly. Mm-hmm. We wanted to learn everything we could about Metallica. Again, kids, no internet. Yep. It was whatever metal magazine right, yeah. that you could find. Exactly. It was, a, <laughs> it was metal magazines, guitar magazines, eventually. I'd known people and had good friends who were into hard rock, things like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Black Sabbath. But Metallica, while it was in the same vein and probably influenced by a lot of that, was extremely different. And it was just, you know, it opened the door to you know, speed metal and death metal and thrash and all that stuff. And probably for a lot of people my age, this is the album that kind of did that. I think a lot of loyal Metallica fans will say like Master of Puppets mm-hmm. is their probably best album. But I think this was the one that kind of opened the door for a lot of people. Okay. What about you? What was your first introduction to Metallica or Injustice for All? Matt, I don't know if you knew this, but I spent some time in jail. I was framed uh, for the murder of my wife and her lover. And I'm not the type of person that you'd ever think would end up in jail. I mean, I was a banker, you know, (laughs) through my good behavior and and helping people. I was able to get on library duty. Hmm. And really it was to serve them because the jailers and the prison staff would come in with their financial concerns. And I was able to help them sort through a lot of the legalities of the banking system. And the guards looked out for me and I looked out for them. Being in this library, I thought, we really need a better library. And so every week I would write to the state legislature and I would ask for funds and money to, to help our prison. Eventually, you know, they, they sent a donation. Not exactly what I wanted, but as I flipped through, I found some music that I thought was going to be beautiful and uplifting for the prisoners. And so while working near the warden's office, you know, with the trust of the guards, I took this one particular record and I played it over the PA system that addressed the entire prison. I just wanted this message to inspire and to bring hope. And it was uh, Metallica's And Justice for All. (laughs) Sure. And the warden, you know, he's out there and he's threatening solitary confinement for me. But I didn't care because my plan worked. Mm -hmm. The inmates heard the aggression and fury of Metallica. They chewed their way out of their cells and overtook the guards and the warden and freed all of us. So that's my memory of this album. Man. I could kind of see where you would be the one person who could solve that problem and prevent those great ends of sanity from taking over. (laughs) He tied it back to Metallica. (laughs) That movie would probably not be shown on USA every other hour, if that's the way it ended. That's right. (laughs) FX would show it, but not USA. For real, though, my memory of this album is next to nothing. I knew Metallica, obviously. I had Master of Puppets. At that time, I'm in early middle school. There's some kids in my neighborhood, some metal kids with their long hair and jean jackets. We actually had a regional term for them that does not apply everywhere. Okay. Uh, we called them grits. Grits? Yeah. Girls and raised in the South? Exactly. When I see that, I was like, that's not a grit. <laughs> yeah. I grew up in Norfolk and Virginia Beach. Seth Harrell, mm-hmm. who was our guest on the National Epipod, he grew up in Gloucester. They called them grits. Very regional thing, but it's basically your, your metal kid. Was it a reference to the food? No. Gritty? Was I guess grit? gritty. Okay. Yeah. Also, it's so funny. It's so North Carolina that you're like, okay, so it's not the girls raised in the South, but it had to reference <laughs> it that to delicious breakfast, breakfast food. food. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think it was gritty. Okay. There were grits in my neighborhood. Call the police, Dan. Grits in the neighborhood. 
One in particular, I hung out with for a little while, and he's who got me into Metallica. Enough for me to have Master of Puppets. Right. And Justice for All, was it a thing? Maybe not for you, but was it just something that the the quote-unquote grits were into? Or was it? did it have a bigger impact in school and with friends and yours? I think most of the kids I was hanging out with this time were starting to listen to rap. Okay. It wasn't a big deal okay. at our schools. It was the grits. Yeah. If you listened to Metallica, you probably were a grit. Interesting. Yeah. So Matt, you were a grit. grit. <laughs> Yay. I've always wanted to be named after a tasty Southern breakfast food. <laughs> yeah. You go home and tell your mom. She's like, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Makes up a certificate. I'm proud of you. Home printer. <laughs> Love it. That, that's interesting to me because my perception would have been that it was something that was pervasive you know, everywhere yeah because of how big it was with us frankly how big the album was from, right from you know sales and and just if you were anywhere near mtv one was going to come on even like you know the girls i was in school with who couldn't have cared less knew about metallica yeah and maybe they weren't like listening to the album but it was it was an omnipresent thing yeah them. one was a big deal because of mtv yeah the other thing i'd completely forgotten about the fact that this album, which was the heavy favorite to win the Grammy, lost to none other than Jethro Tull. Ew, really? Yeah. It was a weird, like, hybrid category. It was like best hard rock slash metal performance vocal or instrumental category. That's like five categories smashed together. Right. I mean, I remember that sort of outcry when that happened. Of the like, grits riding. Man, we lost our grits <laughs> on that one. But even like Jethro Tull fans were like, we probably shouldn't have beaten Metallica for this award. I don't even remember Jethro Tull in the 80s. I don't think the band Jethro Tull remembers Jethro Tull in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, so Matt, actually the first time that I have heard this album in toto mm-hmm. is this week. Okay. Yeah, so this is definitely in the category for us of you're convincing me whether or not this is a great album. Okay. So we're going to jump in right at the beginning. The album starts off with Blackened. talked on the uh, Ava Brothers Epipod about how the kick drum was such a symbol of yeah. like the folk Americana kind of new movement. Yeah. yeah. The double kick drum is the same thing for metal. That's right. You're not legit unless you've got the double kick drum. Right. Metallica was one of the, if not the first band that I ever was aware of. You can do two kick drums in time to make that. 
It's intense. It definitely is a way to separate yourself from mm -hmm. normal musicianship. Right. To be able to have a kick that goes that fast. Right. One thing that stood out to me, a lot of the quote unquote metal that I was aware of leading up to this point was Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath and Dio and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, not that I was like big fans of that, but I was, I was at least aware of it through friends. It all just seemed to be about like, mysticism and i'm oversimplifying but like you know devils and and mm -hmm. evil and you know anti-authority but almost in hindsight like silliness whereas here's you've got this band and the song's about something that i cared about at that time too which is like the environment you yeah. know it's like yeah. we're really angry about the environment it says death of mother earth never a rebirth this is yeah. an earth day anthem. it's like oh man rem's green comes out the next year it's like oh yeah they should go on tour together can you imagine like a rusted root <laughs> rem ten thousand maniacs <laughs> but they're really serious about playing the Earth Day Festival. And a bunch of Earth Day hippies are out there just like with their rain sticks dancing around. And they've got double rain sticks. <laughs> <laughs> also imagining a drum circle. And then there's Lars sitting over there just like about to explode with anger. But he sets up his full kit. He's angry because they're not paying him royalties. Yeah, for it. exactly. I think that's part with this whole album is it's metal but they're making statements and they, they were doing that on master of puppets i mean master of puppets is anti-war anti-establishment and stuff yeah and they did do some of the you know sort of religious mysticism kind of stuff on their previous albums this album gets more in equality and rights and the downtrodden and yeah. that sort of thing uh, which is a very sort of metal concept i mean i'm sure the grits probably felt like they were second-class citizens you know yeah so to, right to have you know an album kind of speak to them like this was, was probably pretty impactful. Little did I know, growing up, hearing metal, that there was a song that was about basically Earth Day. Yep. I would have never guessed. Greenpeace is like, hey, Metallica, <laughs> we need you to come on board for a tour. <laughs> They're sitting on the deck of the ship that's supposed to be the peace ship stopping the whales. Yeah, you know? yeah. And like one of them pulls out a machine gun, starts firing at the whalers. You know, They're like, no, 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 it's peace. You know, they're, they're da, 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 da. throwing beer cans at the, the whalers. Right. You know? This is a huge mistake. We only read the lyrics. We didn't listen to the music. One of the things I respect about metal, there's not an easy entry to it. If you're a guitarist, you cannot play metal unless you are highly proficient. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the kids who are sitting in their bedroom hours upon hours playing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So next song we're going to cover is I Have the Beholder.
So when this album came out and when it, when it was big to me was also the time I started learning to play guitar. Never got any r- real formal lessons. There was one uh, guitar instructor who I took a few lessons from. He never, he didn't teach chords. He didn't teach how to read music. He was intent on teaching me every guitar part of Hotel California. Oh my gosh. That's so stereotypical too. I feel like <laughs> if you're a guitar teacher in the 80s, I took a few guitar lessons. Right. It was all about teaching me like Desperado. Yeah. What is it with like, you got to learn Eagles. Yeah, Eagles is where it starts, man. Yeah. No, it's not. I think I quickly was like, I'm not learning anything here. So pretty much just learned by ear, just yeah. kind of playing along the stuff. But with particularly a song like Eye of the Beholder, this was the song that even as a new guitar player, just getting into metal, just getting into the guitar, you you got that first distortion pedal. Yeah. And you're like, this is this was a power. I mean, it, there was like power in stepping on that pedal mm-hmm. and getting that sound. The song, it's not overly complicated. Mm-hmm. You know? And so this is a song that like kind of bridged not just listening to metal, but starting to play metal. Okay. That's one reason why this song has stuck with me for so long. Is this one that you guys would, would go for in some of your high school bands? I think I would play it more in my room you know, with the distortion pedal. Now, you know, speaking of the bands, uh, two of the future members of Technical Difficulties, mm-hmm. they and a few other guys went to the Cumberland County Civic Center in Fayetteville for this tour, for the oh, Justice wow. for All tour. I distinctly remember being in Mr. Bradham's class that next day, and they had the T-shirts on. Oh, man. And I was so jealous yeah. that I didn't get to go. I don't know if, if I've manipulated the memories, and this isn't really what happened, but I, what I remember is they had on the stage a huge statue of Lady Justice. Right. And at one point, Jason Newstead, the bassist, hocks a loogie yeah. at her, and then she falls. Like <gasps> she crumbles. <laughs> and I remember thinking, that is so cool. And then, like, you know, the, the Cumberland County Civic Center is this old convention center kind of thing, not super big, probably out dated even then i remember them saying they were in like sort of the upper levels and there were pipes you know along the, the wall and people started like shaking the pipes and like water's coming out of them oh i don't know if any of that ever ever happened yeah. but that's what i remember the stories from the concert yeah. and it seemed so metal at that point probably my only concert i'd been to was like the monkeys reunion show, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at the dean smith center and so to hear about this metal concert and you mm. guys you're spitting on statues and they're falling down and pipes getting burst and yeah that's a pretty controversial thing for a state like north carolina to take a statue representing justice, justice. and it fall down right you know i mean yeah. they're not burning an american flag but I'm yeah. surprised that more people didn't get upset by that. Yeah, that's one of the d- distinct memories from this album was yeah. my friends going to this concert and coming back with just like the most, at that time, metal stories yeah. that you could you could hear. Right. So, and then Casey and myself saw Metallica last year when they came around. Mm-hmm. And then they were great. I mean, they put on, they still can bring it, but it was, it was funny to see the crowd has aged with them yeah. for the most part. So it was funny to look down in, into the pit, if you will, and still see like mosh pits kind of develop because you're like, we still doing that? (laughs) (laughs) People are like moshing around, they bump their heads, they exchange insurance cards. (laughs) I can also see this song being impactful to a teenager because of the content. Independence, limited, freedom of choice, choices made for you, my friend. I know this is speaking more about freedom of speech, but if you're a teenager, 
It says doors are slamming shut, limit your imagination, keep you where they must. And so you feel like you're under the oppression of teachers, your parents. You, know, you just feel like everywhere you go, they're telling you what you can't do. And here's this band who is displaying and mm-hmm. singing about breaking out of that. So this is an anthem for oh, yeah. angsty teenagers. I mean, this makes you want to sew some patches on your jean jacket and raise up your fist. <laughs> That's what you think of a lot with metal mm-hmm. is anti-authority. Yep. Next song was a song that really put them on the map, especially considering MTV's video. This is one. video was based on the movie version of the book Johnny Get Your Gun mm-hmm. about a guy in the army who gets his leg shot off, his arm shot off. He can still think, but he can't speak. He can't communicate at all. Yeah. And, you know, again, as, as like an eighth grader, you're like, holy cow, like this is deep, dark oh, yeah. content. And this is one of those marathon long videos that really enhanced the song and, and right. drove it home. So this was the days of VCRs still. Uh And I remember me and my friends watching this video. There's a point towards the end of the song where Jason Newstead rears his head back and then head bangs. And if you pause it just right, Uh you can see his eyes roll back in his head. Oh my God. And again, that was like such a heavy metal thing for like an impressionable like eighth grader. This is like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It's so heavy. Yeah. MTV back then was such an equalizer because you would Mm -hmm. have this video followed up by Janet Jackson, mm-hmm. followed up by Peter Gabriel. You too. You got much more of a taste of something. Mm-hmm. Everything is so categorized now. If you go into Apple Music, they direct you towards categories. And we're so algorithm-driven yeah. these days, too. Yeah, and they're just dying to give you more of what you like. Mm-hmm. And so unless you branch out yourself, you're not going to be exposed to anything. But yeah. everybody who watched MTV was exposed to this video. Yep. It's so intense. I revisited the video mm-hmm. for a song that has long stretches of instrumental music. Mm-hmm. To have the words over that, I thought was really cool. I kind of wish... It had the words throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So when you say Metallica, there's a certain part of a song that I think of, and I'm probably mm-hmm. not alone. I mm-hmm. bet there are other listeners out there with, that when you say Metallica, this is what you think of. 
I bet there are women who are in their mid-40s who, as soon as that part comes on, still know the words, too. Because yeah. it was just so iconic. And yeah. It was everywhere. That's what I think of with Metallica. And I found out it was meant to emulate like a machine gun mm-hmm. because of the, the yeah. nature of the song. Yeah. When, when I saw them in concert last year, I won't say it was a greatest hits kind of mm-hmm. feel because they were still touring off a newer album, which is a pretty good newer album. It didn't have the feel of like, hey, we're just kind of going through the motions. But they're much more, I think, comfortable with who they are now. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim Brewer was the opening act, so a comedian. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It had a much more of a fun, sort of light feel to it. But then... As soon as you hear the sound effects of like the bombs and the yeah. people just lost their minds. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> you know? I'll bet. Because they and, know it's coming. And this was the song where I remember looking down and like people were in a mosh pit. Yeah. The song still brings out an emotion with people. Well, it's interesting first that they wrote a song about something like this. Right. That's so metal yeah. too, to write yeah, this yeah. song about like death and war. And so this guy's laying there and they have that weird box thing on his mm-hmm. head to signify that he doesn't have any features left. Right. And then this is the point in the song where he starts using Morse code to signal first SOS. And then once he knows that they understand, then he starts saying, kill me, kill me. (laughs) And then that nurse does. Yeah, right. (laughs) Which I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. (laughs) Did anybody hold her accountable? (laughs) Right. She's more metal than anybody. (laughs) Next song that we're going to look at is Harvester of Sorrow. heavy topics mm-hmm. this song when i looked into what it's about the deaths of almost 10 million ukrainians by the soviet government holy cow yeah the soviets presented as making more efficient central farms but they basically went through and just destroyed villages all throughout it says five to ten million ukrainians died james hepfield must have been doing a lot of reading leading up to this i did see where he called it this was the CNN, the CNN album. CNN album. Yeah. <laughs> they were watching a lot of CNN. Right. Getting angry. They're getting into some pretty serious topics. Right. So Matt, one thing that stands out from a production standpoint mm-hmm. of this album is Lars Ulrich's drumming is so intense mm-hmm. and I can't even begin to understand how he hits that hard. Right. And how he gets that sound. And I think I've mentioned before that the Lars brand of drumsticks yeah. were made of like titanium <laughs> so that they were unbreakable. It makes sense. The drums are so in your face Mm -hmm. and the guitars are there and so intense. And yet I don't hear Jason Newstead on bass at all. When it came out, did that stand out to people or? I didn't notice that until three, four years ago. The story of there being very little bass on Injustice for All started to kind of come out. I don't think I ever noticed it because I think when this album came out, I was still learning some of the technical parts of albums and production. And, yeah, sure. And, and even like the guitars, are, the, the tone is so heavy already. Right. 
that you're not hearing the bass didn't jump out at me at all. Yeah. Now I can't not notice yeah, that right. you don't hear any bass. And it sounds like they were essentially screwing with Jason Newstead. Let's get into the band a little bit. James Hetfield got together with Lars after responding to an advertisement in this magazine called The Recycler. It feels so metal, like you know, <laughs> right. looking for people to play with, you know? You must be able to shred. Exactly. Well, I found out Mick Mars, who's mm-hmm. one of the scariest looking people yep. in the, the 80s, he entered Motley Crue after Nikki Six placed an advertisement in The Recycler. Same magazine? Yeah, same magazine. Wow. Slash answered an ad in The Recycler, and that's how he joined Guns N' Roses. Wow. And even Courtney Love put an ad in The Recycler. That's where a hole was formed. Wow. That's a really big deal. That's a good track record. And these are really famous bands, but imagine all the kind of lesser known bands that, thanks to the recycler for bringing these people together, except maybe Hole, but whatever. (laughs) I didn't realize that Dave Mustaine was in. He was one of the founding members with Cliff Burton, the bassist, and and Dave Mm -hmm. Mustaine. And what happened with Dave? The Metallica side of the story was that his drinking got out of control and he was unreliable. (laughs) Um, Wait. Wait, I know. <laughs> How bad is your drinking if Metallica kicks you out for drinking? Right. <laughs> oh my right. God. But anyway, so then the other original <laughs> member was Cliff Burton, the bassist. In hindsight, it's so funny that Injustice for All is so low on bass because the earlier albums, the bass was so important. I mean, you even have like a, you know, a bass solo on Kill 'em All, right? Anesthesia. Cliff was, uh, I think, a big part of the heart and soul of that band. And then I believe they were in somewhere in a Scandinavian country on tour. And the bus slid on some ice, flipped over, and Cliff was killed. And so they bring Jason Newstead in. He had been with the band Flotsam and Jetsam. Flotsam and Jetsam being the name of the two eels in Little Mermaid. Exactly. So That's very probably, metal movie. Yeah, very, extremely metal. Yeah. yeah, they do an EP with, with him before Injustice for All. Mm-hmm. And then he's in the band for Injustice for All. But then what it sounds like was maybe Lars would go in and like remix it and Turn the bass down. Yeah. All the way down. How does that feel to be invited into this band? and Kind of the new guy already. And yeah. I think he kind of recorded his parts by himself. Which, why? <laughs> Man, they were working this guy over. Yeah. I started to dig into it a little bit. They basically pass it off. I didn't do it. So-and-so did it. Yeah. You know, everybody's kind of blaming somebody else. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it seems they said, oh, well, the guitars are so low. We don't need it. And Really, it's just kind of a jerk move. And But here's the thing. Lars, if you're the one in charge of this, yeah. you know, as the drummer, usually drum and bass are like, they're, those two are tight, yeah, man. It's yeah. a rhythm section. Right. But Lars is just like, I got this. I got this. I don't need the bass. Who are they, the doors? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is funny, though, now after reading that, to watch the video for one, and I'm watching Jason Newstead just dig into the bass and thinking, I don't hear it, but yeah. I see you. I bet what you're playing sounds great. And you're really into it. Yeah. <laughs> I did read one thing where I think it was Lars that said, listen, the album did really well, so I guess we made the right call. Case closed. <laughs> yeah. It's just terrible. Eight million copies. I guess that'll shut some people up. I guess. Next song we're going to look at is The Frayed Ends of Sanity.
Yeah, apparently um, Metallica will sometimes perform under the name The Freight Ends, like a secret show. Uh-huh. Over time, this has apparently become like a fan favorite that they rarely have played live. Interesting. And you kind of wonder, like, the fans that want to do the chant at the beginning, <laughs> kind of see some, some grits getting behind when i was listening to the album i'm making my way through and at this point it's almost an hour you know that you're listening to this nonstop. and so as a non-metal head metal to me feels very repetitive Mm -hmm. and then i get there and i'm like wait a minute is that the wizard of oz (laughs) (laughs) and it's the guards outside the wicked witch's castle which is funny to me for so many reasons first this has been a very political album, and it's been very intense. And so then to hear something so lighthearted as The Wizard of Oz. Right. But second, there's a lot of hard rock or, or metal bands that harken back to like some Tolkien imagery. Yeah. Or right. like some different like science fiction mm-hmm. and, and fantasy type stuff. And <laughs> Metallica's version of that was they're watching Wizard of Oz, and they're like, man, that's that's so metal right there. They said that this is the CNN album, like watching CNN and just getting irritated and ticked off about all this going on in the world and like change the channel man change the channel and it's like the wizard of oz and all and you're like yes <laughs> this is it that wicked witch man she's her, all of us her guards are so tough <laughs> some people think this is a joke in that it's a nod to uh, how james hetfield looked like the cowardly lion at this time the goatee and the long curly hair and uh, he did I can't see James Hetfield taking himself that lightly. Yeah, I can't either. You know what? I look like the Cowardly Lion. You're right. You're Keep right. Keep making fun of me, Jason Newstead. <laughs> right. Oh, you think you can't hear your bass now? <laughs> uh, That's a couple like more that? DBs down. <laughs> I, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing that. Uh, you know, this is not the only song to sample the Winky Chants. Really? From Wizard of Oz. Matt, maybe you remember Da Butt. <laughs> Metallica, we like the butt. I had not thought about the butt in years, but I remember that song. Like people be singing that song, oh, yeah. especially that uh, Matt's mom has a big old butt. Oh, oh yeah, yeah you know. oh man, stop talking about my mom. You know, the butt. Gosh, dude, the songs like the butt and Rump Shaker, Baby Got Back. Oh. It was a big topic back then. Big bottom back then. <laughs> One other thing they said was that. They don't play these songs a lot because I guess after they recorded the album, they realized it was really difficult to do this live, yeah, both for the band and the audience. Yeah, now they tend to do kind of some medleys of some of these songs, string them together. And two songs on here that are almost 10 minutes long wow. each. You know, uh, even the shortest songs are crazy long for most bands. Yeah, they're still like six, seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so one thing we do each Epipod is challenge ourselves you had to take a song off which would it be so matt you've joined metallica as the bassist and they're, they're threatening to turn your bass all oh, the way down <laughs> unless you take a song off and justice for all what would it be the one song on this album that i tend to always skip uh, through it was always and justice for all the title track one yeah. it, it's just it's it's so long 
even for an album full of songs that are six, seven, eight minutes long, it's just overly repetitive, that song. That's my inclination is to take that one off. You know, the other one I thought about was Freight Ends of Sanity because every other song on the album I just absolutely love. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not another song on the album that I would ever consider taking off. What I would probably do is... I would take about half the song away okay, and leave it because I feel like you got to have a title track song. Right. If it was shortened, I think it would be a much better song. The way they did it is just way, way too long. Nothing can save you. Justice is lost. Justice is right. What about you? What song would you... The one that stood out was Injustice for All because of the length of it. Yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, I've been here for over 15 minutes and I'm on the second song. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't change enough. It didn't warrant being that long. Right. Again, it just repeats the same things over and over. Yeah. This has been fun to talk about. I even out of nostalgia... You know, my notebook was writing the Metallica logo like I used to do in yeah. eighth grade. And yeah, so it's been, it's been fun to, to revisit. Even though I'm not a metal fan or a Metallica fan, their importance cannot be denied. Yep. Even though I don't think I will be a fan mm-hmm. of this album, digging in gave me more respect for, especially the lyrical content. Mm-hmm. It was much more thoughtful than I had anticipated. And I could see where in those teenage years that mm-hmm. this would be everything we've talked about it before with being in college and listening to lots of like acoustic guitar led yeah bands and you know there are phases in life that you look back you're like oh that's that's interesting i can't believe i ever got into that that's not one of those for me with with metal i mean i'm I'm glad that I went through that phase where Mm -hmm. metal was like an eye-opening experience to me. This is an album that I will go back to from time to time and will always appreciate. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Finest Work Songs. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Finest Work Songs. Check out our website, finestworksongs.com. Find us on Facebook as well. We just appreciate all the engagement there. We hope you're staying safe. We'll be back soon with another Epipod. Until then, we hope you stay Stay at home. And And while while you're there, eat lots lots of Arby's Arby's and and visit the melting melting pot pot if you you want want to contract another virus. virus. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys haven't noticed, we've stopped rehearsing ahead of time what we're going to say at the end. How did they notice that? (laughs) That was flawless. (laughs) Nailed it. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music. <laughs>